0: broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness.
1: I don't like any single digit number on on big guys. I hear that. Old school, I love it. I'm just here for when double zero comes back. Yeah, the single zero is fine, (laughs) it's all great. guys will switch to it, but whenever double zero comes back, that's a a number for alignment, offensive and defensive. Let them rock the double zero.
2: He was number one.
0: This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
3: Well, there you go. You get our little number talk right there from Good Morning Football. And, of course, we'll have some number talk around here as well. Plus, Tom Brady one step closer to partial ownership of the Raiders. Mark Davis against flexing Thursday night football games. And teams can now carry an emergency quarterback. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm your boy, Q. I'm in the home studio. For the next three hours, ready to rock with you, and got plenty to get to on today's show. And uh, over the weekend, demand, of course, the number conversation became a big conversation on Twitter, on the internet, in casual conversation. It became a really big deal. Had a whole podcast I did about it today. We'll get into some number conversation. We'll have some fun with numbers, though. We won't take ourselves too seriously. I don't like to get bent out of shape. in uh, you know, the end of May, we got all season long to worry about getting angry and getting upset. So we'll have a little bit of fun today when it comes to numbers. I got a lot to get to as far as the great guests that we have coming up on the show and before I even start talking about any guests or any kind of conversation I have to ask Damon because I missed the fight on Saturday night. I was not uh, in position to watch it and I was going to go ahead and buy it but I was out and about so I didn't have an opportunity to go ahead and do that. So I didn't get to see the fight but I saw all the reaction after the fight and the fact that Uh, Shakur Stevenson was in the ring talking trash to to Devin Haney saying he's only number one for now a lot of folks believe that Loma won that fight and it wasn't even close and it sure wasn't as close as the as the end results as far as the scorecards go so I'll ask you uh, Mr. Fight Game what were your thoughts real quick on Haney Loma that happened Saturday night right here in Vegas.
0: The fight lived up to the hype. It was a fight that it was better than I expected it to be. D- did Loma deserve to win? Yes. But did Haney do enough to win? Yes. The thing with robberies is like so, that word, it gets thrown around too much when people say, oh, this is a robbery. It's a robbery. It's a catastrophe. It's, it wasn't that bad guys. Where if you had Devin winning, I can see how you had Devin winning. If you had Lomachenko winning, I can see how you had Lomachenko winning. My only issue is the final round. Right. where every judge gave that to Haney and if Loma wins that final round then it's a majority draw on two of those cards. Right. And I think those last 3 rounds I was just I gave them all to Loma those last 4 rounds. To me scoring the fight if you said hey Devin won because I gave him the first 7 and mm-hmm. then I gave Loma the last 5, I'd say hey I can't argue with you there. Okay. But to say uh, oh to for me it's just that last round that's the real sticking point of I don't think he won that one.
3: Well, you know, I saw where Loma said that he basically took the last round off because he thought he did enough. And I'll say, one, that that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Two, you can never go to the scorecards when it comes to boxing because you never know how it's going to shake out. But, uh, you know, and, and that, that's really all I got. Like I said, I missed the fight, but I saw all of the fallout from it. I was like, man, I got to ask DeMond first thing first <laughs> about his thoughts on that fight. So you could see it going either way is basically your your summary of it. Yes,
0: I, when you, and with fights like that, when you can say I can see it going either way, So people should not be up in arms. I think that Lomachenko, he was the people's bet to win this one. Where, you know, not to get political, he won the popular vote, but Devin Haney won the Electoral College.
3: Well, there you go. <laughs> you know, it's and one we of those. how that matters. We know what <laughs> yeah, matters yeah. when it comes to that. That's a great way to summarize it right there. Well, that happened this weekend. EDC happened this weekend. I think people are still leaving uh, EDC right now. <laughs> I don't know, man. I saw that traffic uh, looking on the news this morning. I thought, oh, you got to be insane. It's funny, our guy Jared, who uh, is the producer of the Press Box as well, he had texted me last night. He said, I probably won't get in until a certain time this morning because of EDC. And I was like, wait, you went? And he said, oh, God, no. He said, oh, God, no, I'm over at my parents' house, and they live near the Speedway, so uh, there's going to be a lot of traffic over there. I thought, okay, all right, that's that's good, because if he went to EDC, who knows what we were going to get. But it was obviously a very busy weekend here in Vegas. Obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights won as well, so they're up 2-0 in their series. The Aces blew out uh, Seattle in the first game of the season for them. We got tickets for them, them matter of fact, coming up uh, sometime this uh, – not this hour, next hour. In the 3 o'clock hour, we'll give you tickets away to the Aces, and I believe Minnesota. They'll be taking on the 28th at Michelob Ultra Arena. So we got a lot to get to on today's show, but uh, there was Damon's thoughts on the fights this weekend. Of course, you can always chime in at 69187, keyword r But as far as guests that we have coming up on the show, very proud of the guest lineup that we have today. Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, also commanding the huddle. He'll join us to talk all things Jacorian and Bennett, uh, the cornerback out of Maryland, and really the only player that I've really struggled to get somebody to be able to like really talk about to a uh, you know a deep kind of breakdown on this player and it's so funny every person i've reached out to that covers Maryland football either they just left covering Maryland they just got there they're not available it's it's I guess Maryland football is not the easiest uh, easiest find when you're looking for someone to, to break down a player and, and kind of tell you the, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever the case may be when it comes to a player, what makes this player go. But uh, Ryan Fowler, who has a lot of experience out there in the Maryland area, uh, was like, yeah, I know all about Ja'Gorian Bennett, so we're going to have him join us at 2.30 to break down the fourth-round pick. Out of Maryland, of course, the Raiders have OTAs going on today and tomorrow. And we'll be out there on Thursday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We'll get our first opportunity to be out there, and hopefully we'll get some kind of availability. I believe Coach McDaniels will talk to us, and I'm assuming that they're going to allow a few uh, players to talk to us as well. So that will come up later on in the week, but uh, OTAs did get started. Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network will join us coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He'll join us as well to talk all things silver and black, what he expects to see at the end of this week at OTAs, what he'll be looking for at OTAs this week. And, of course, we'll get into some uh, number, some jersey number conversation. Again, that was a hot topic over the weekend. So, Paul, who's been covering the Raiders for a very long time, and we all know that the Raiders have are a story franchise. I mean, there's no doubt about it. People say that the league is better when the Raiders are, are good for a reason because the Raiders are a historical franchise, and they've had so many great players rock so many great numbers that they don't retire. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, people that are up in arms when they saw Aiden O'Connell's number rocking number four. But truth of the matter is that, you know, the Raiders don't retire numbers, so uh, it doesn't matter who it is. That number is not going to be uh, taken away or not, not allowed for someone to wear. But, again, we'll get into that conversation coming up. So Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join us at 3 o'clock talk all things silver and black. Then at 3.30 really excited about this conversation might be the favorite conversation we have all day today is with Patrick Walker uh, he's actually from uh, Dallas com on Twitter at voice of the star and normally it's funny when I was in Central Texas I used to have him on every week talking Cowboys does a fantastic job he's worked for CBS Sports has worked for many different outlets you know he's a really great writer but he has a podcast that he's coming out with that I'm very excited about called the conversation and it's funny Patrick is spelled with no C so on Twitter it's it's Patrick No C Walker. That's that's what we always call him. So his podcast is called The Conversation, and it doesn't have a C. It's with a K. So it's called The Conversation, but it's all about mental health. And this is something that he's been very uh, strongly opinionated on. Uh, he's been very dedicated to for a very long time when it comes to mental health. And finally, he's getting his podcast series uh, on, on the way and the first episode is actually going to be on Memorial Day which is next Monday and just a side note for Memorial Day we won't be here next Monday we actually have Memorial Day off as a as a radio station the whole building has the day off so just kind of put that in your notes that there'll be national programming here uh, on next Monday for Memorial Day as we celebrate that but that's when Patrick Walker's first episode of the conversation is going to drop and like I said this is something we could talk football all day we could talk Raiders we could talk Cowboys we could do this that and the other but this conversation is one that I I think is so important. And I really feel like over the past few months, I've even more tapped into the mental health side of things. And I've actually had conversations with friends about the mental health side of things. And I think it's a healthy conversation to have for multiple reasons. And a lot of people don't even realize that they may have something going on until maybe a friend points it out to them like, Hey, is everything okay? Or ask the questions. And maybe you don't know. But it can it can always help to to ask, and so I think this conversation with Patrick coming up at three thirty can help everybody. Again, we talk about sports all the time here, and uh, we we try to educate everybody and get them caught up to date, everything going on, silver and black, everything going on, NFL related, but. Also, just uh, like to take a step back, especially around this time of year when there's not a ton of stuff going on, so it's not like we're taking away uh, a little bit of time, a little chunk of time where we could be breaking down a game or something to talk about some mental health. But I think mental health awareness is very important, and uh, Mental Health uh, Month is is winding down. So this conversation at 3.30 with Patrick Walker, I believe, is going to be a very, very good one. It's one that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Also, coming up on the show today, DeMond went ahead and went through the – The I Am Athlete uh, podcast, Brandon Marshall and Devontae Adams, and that dropped on Friday, and it's about an hour and 45 minutes, and I'll be the first one to tell you that I did not listen to it. I checked out the first few minutes of it, and I could barely hear Devontae Adams, and I was done. Uh, There's one thing I could tell you from a standpoint of doing – shows and putting podcasts out if the quality the sound quality is not there i don't want nothing to do with it so i was really surprised that um you know a, a, an outlet like i am athlete and a podcast studio like the wind podcast studio that they were using didn't recognize that immediately when you could barely hear Devonte adams talking i was i mean immediately i watched it and i was like i'm done i'm done and i, I just wouldn't go back but damon he has a lot more patience than I do. So he went through it and uh, found a few chunks that he thought was pretty good. So we'll bring that to the table on the show. And, Damon, how long did it take? I'm just curious because, like I said, I checked out. How, how long did it take before they actually got the, the sound right?
0: I want to say about 15 to 20 minutes before. See, before uh, Some you know,
3: podcasts are over at that time.
0: <laughs> right? It, it went on for because I, I watched a good chunk of it on Friday. And I probably watched a good 45 minutes of it.
3: Wow. Of yeah. J- yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's but
0: it's it, it took a while. I was waiting for the – cuz you know, it was li- it was a live stream so you could see the comments going. Yeah, I saw it, that. Yeah, so you could see the comments going. It's just like, yeah, they're going to get it. Like, nope, they 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 still Come on now. All yeah. you got to do is just
3: I did not understand. Somebody that. from the
0: back room just run out there just and just give anybody, them a quick boop, boop. just
3: hey or give the signal like, "Hey, push the mic a little closer to Devonte's face or something." It was really weird how Brandy Marshall did that. That.
0: that was that's how Brandy Marshall oh, did it, initiated did with a, "Hey, if you want to adjust that, you can." Uh oh, okay. And Devontae, you know, he uh, he moved. It At up some
3: point, it. he should have just stopped and said, "Hey, bro, we gotta, we gotta fix this, right?" Yeah. I mean, that,
0: like, yeah. what you got to say is so important. We gotta, we gotta we, make sure yeah, the listeners yeah, hear this. We want to make sure
3: this. everybody can hear you. Yeah. So I thought, again, for a network that is is you know as successful as that network is, and to have the kind of uh, quality guests that they had on that show, I thought that they would have made sure everything was right, but. Uh, that's just me. So we have a few sound bites from that that we will play coming up around 4 o'clock or so. And then 4.30-ish, we'll do some NBA playoff talk as there's not really a whole lot to talk about at this stage. Uh, really, it's more like a preview of the finals. Denver versus Miami, that's what it's going to be. Don't tell me that L.A. is going to come back from an 0-3 hole. Don't tell me that Boston is going to come back from an 0-3 hole. It's not happening. It's just not. And that's that's embarrassing for both of those franchises to basically be no-shows. More on the Celtics in Game 3 than the Lakers, but still, the Lakers – they have to win that game, and so now they're both sitting there at an 3 hole, and they're going to both be watching Denver and Miami in the finals.
0: QC, I don't even care about that because it's a preview of the finals. Since we were going to talk about numbers today, Carmelo retired. When you think of 15 for the Denver Nuggets, who do you think of?
3: When I think of 15, period, I think of Latrell Sprewell. I don't even think mm-hmm. of Carmelo Anthony. Um... But I'm glad you brought up Carmelo as he did announce his retirement after 19 years. I like – I always was a fan of Carmelo, not because he was a winner and he was going to win a bunch of championships or he was an all-around greatest player. I just liked his style of play. I liked the way that he would – I liked the fact that he had a mid-range game, right? He would shake you up and he'd pull up that mid-range jumper. And, again, he didn't play a lick of defense. We got that. We knew he was going to take a ton of shots. He did that. But I just – I enjoyed him as a player now i mean he got a little longer in the tooth and it was hard for him to get a job which was weird but okay and uh you know so he he just he just is what he is he really was probably the ultimate usa team player right he was great on the usa teams wasn't that great in the in the nba as far as winning but uh, i thought he was a good player so salute to carmelo and his 19 years in the league what is he ninth all-time leading scorer right now i mean again that's what he does he gets buckets at least he won at syracuse how about that I mean, it's not like Syracuse is cutting down the nets every year. So uh, it was cool to see Carmelo get that his uh, his freshman year and then head on to the league. Him and LeBron come in at the same time. Thought that that was pretty cool. So, yeah, salute to, salute to little Carmelo Anthony, man, who's uh, he's making his way into retirement, which is basically some would argue he's been retired for about two or three years at this point. but. It is. It kind of is what it is. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Ryan Fowler at 2.30, Paul Gutierrez at 3, Patrick Walker, Cowboys.com at 3.30, talking all things the conversation, which means mental health conversation, something that I I encourage everyone to tune into. I think it can help everybody. So those are the guests that we have coming up, winning on the way. Right after we talk to Paul Gutierrez, we'll give out some tickets to the Aces and the uh, Minnesota Lynx game. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
1: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery.
3: Funny little text we got here on the Don'tBeBroke.com text line, 69187 keyword r to start us off today. Big Dub Raider said, Q, I'm a huge Brandon Marshall fan, but they always have bad sound. I always have to pick and choose which episodes I listen to. Go Raiders. That's really surprising to me. And thank you, Big Dub Raider, for that text. That is one of the biggest things. And look, I'm not claiming that my podcast is the greatest, but one of the things that I knew that I would do when I started my podcast was the sound quality had to be good. If it wasn't going to be good, I wasn't going to do it because that is the most annoying thing is when you either can't hear something, and even sometimes we have guests on the phone and and their phones aren't really that good. And, Damon, you'll see my face. I'm like, ah, you know, like the, the sound's not where it needs to be. It drives me crazy, and that drives anyone who's listening crazy. If you can't hear or it's just off or sound's just really jacked up, it's, it's going to be a turn off every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I'm really surprised that a big podcast network like that, they have their own studio right there in the, Wynn, uh, in the Wynn Casinos, the Wynn Hotel and Casinos right here in Vegas. I'm really surprised that they don't operate at a little bit higher level than that. So maybe that's something they ought to look into. Maybe they need to hire me as, a, as an engineer, right? Turn the mic up. <laughs> I can do that, engineer. We don't need Jamie. Jamie's our engineer at the radio station, Jamie and Kevin. I don't need Jamie to turn the volume up. Tavon, you could get that job. Hey, guys, you need some help? Turn the volume up. Oh, you need a little bit more help? Put the mic next to his face. Done. There you go. That's a lot better already. So, big dub Raider, thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. Now, jumping into the opening drive, the conversation over the weekend had a lot to do with numbers. Numbers, numbers. Uh, The Raiders and their rookies, uh, they rolled out the numbers that they were going to be representing this year. And, you know, it was fine because they roll out the numbers every year and nobody really has any problem with them. Like, I never really hear anyone complaining about numbers. And then all of a sudden it happened when Aiden O'Connell, the fourth-round pick out of Purdue, ended up with the number four. There was a lot of people over the weekend, mine that felt some kind of way about it, uh, just didn't, weren't happy about it off, off top and thought that it wasn't right that the Raiders gave him Derek Carr's old number, Derek Carr being with the team nine years. Me, I didn't really think too much of it. it it's, I mean, it kind of is what it is. The Raiders don't retire numbers, so I never thought nothing of it. But I also didn't think that, okay, hey, this quarterback's going to be rocking number four this year. Like I I said, it never crossed my mind to even wonder about it. I was actually more surprised that Tyree Wilson is rocking a single digit, the number nine, but there you go. And then Josh Jacobs, uh, it was rumored all weekend long that he was going to rock the number eight, and then he confirmed it himself that he's going to be changing his number to number eight this year. So there's that. You can look out for that if you want to go and get a Josh Jacobs jersey. Number eight will be the one that he's wearing this year. But, Instead of getting all, you know, like I said, hot and bothered and getting worried about if the Raiders should do this, if they shouldn't do that, I just wanted to have a fun conversation about it. One, since the Raiders don't retire numbers, do you think there's anything the Raiders should do with certain numbers that clearly obviously means more to, other fan, to, to fans than others, right? There's some numbers that just stand out. Like I always say, whenever I see number 23, I immediately think of Michael Jordan. And honestly, as soon as I see 23, and I don't care what sport it is, I think of Michael Jordan. But that's just me. Right. And like you mentioned, 15, I think of Latrell Sprewell when I see uh, 15, just because I was a big fan of Spreewell growing up. Uh, six, I think of Eddie Jones. I know LeBron rocks that number now, but I see it. I see number six. I think of Eddie Jones. My favorite number is 24. And my favorite football player, Raider football player, is Charles Woodson. But number 24 is not my favorite number because of Charles Woodson. It's because of Ricky Henderson. Like, I'm a Ricky Henderson above everything fan, right? And so his number was 24. I know he wore 35 with the A's as well. But as far as I'm concerned, number 24 was his number. So I see 24, and that's who I think of, right? Some people will say, hey, I see 24, and I think of Kobe Bryant. Some people say I say 8, or they see 8, and they think of Kobe Bryant. There's always a number that's going to mean something uh, to to a fan base. Even when Marshawn Lynch rocked the number 24, I was like, eh, I don't know if – I'm a big fan of that. Only, and not that I you know, was going to get all upset or anything, but I was like, eh, that's C. Wood's number. Jonathan Abram, when he got number 24, I was like, eh, that's C. Wood's number. Right? And somebody who's an old-time Raider fan will tell you, no, that's, that's, a, that's Willie Brown's number. And I respect that, too. I just I never saw Willie Brown rocking it, but I get it. That was his number. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, rest in peace. And Charles Woodson, 24, he's a Hall of Famer. So there's that. So there's all kind of different you know, feelings that you can have behind the number. But I do wanna know. I mean, if you if you think that that the Raiders or any other organization should have some kind of buffer period before they hand out a number to a certain player when there's a number that means something, like a Derek Carr who was with the team for nine years. I'm this is a no judge no judging zone, right? I'm not I'm not gonna hold it against you if you say, Yeah, they shouldn't be wearing number four this year. That's fine. That's your opinion. I'm good with that. Seven oh two three six five ninety two hundred and then I wanna have a little bit more fun and say what what is your favorite jersey number? Who does it represent? So I already threw mine out there twenty four that 's Ricky henderson all day every day for me that 's just how I get down that's that was my number when the mind you didn 't have a you didn 't have a pager you 're too young to have a pager, but when I had a pager and we had to have our code of who it was that was paging that was my pager code twenty four and that was because of Ricky henderson like that was that was my guy every day of the week, twice on Sunday whenever he was in the newspaper i 'd go and get the paper, cut it out, put it on my wall like i mean that was that was me. I couldn't help myself. So 24 was my number. So that was my favorite jersey number, and that's, what it, that's who it represented for me. But I want to know from you, what is your favorite jersey number out there? Who does it represent? And then do you think that since the Raiders don't retire numbers, they should do something, like put some kind of buffer period in there or do something, maybe make a player earn it before they just give it to, to, uh, to a guy like Jonathan Abram was given 24 and like Aiden O'Connell was given 4? Or maybe it doesn't matter to you at all. <laughs> right? Maybe you just don't give a rip and that's okay too. So 702-365-9200, Wbroke.com text sign at 69187 keyword R R. DeMond, I'll start with you, man. What's your favorite Jersey number out there? If you have a favorite Jersey number
0: for me, I think it's going to be three with Allen Iverson.
3: Ooh, I there, think, that's a good one. I think
0: that's going to be the one, but football wise, we're a number just that is that player to a T 18 with Peyton Manning. And I'm just okay. thinking of that coach Jersey. I, that's like something that really just stood out to me as a kid. Wait, watching.
3: how did how are you a Peyton Manning fan and a Titans fan? He
0: went to UT and then I had to watch uh, him play. I had to watch him play bad. a lot. My bad. But no, but in like you know he's like he's a he's a coach hero down in Tennessee. That's but right. But just yeah. like I just mean like it stands out where like that right. longevity. I felt like he was the coach quarterback my entire life. Right. Yeah. Up until obviously he went, went to the Broncos. But just that eighteen in a coach jersey is yeah. just oh that, that should, that's that's member that should definitely be retired. Like he's the only person I can see being a cool eighteen or a good eighteen. I'll tell you right
3: now, there's some numbers that are a lot of pressure, man. You know, like, like I said, I look at 23, and I don't want nothing to do with it. Q, you want to wear this number? No. Not at all. I don't want to rock 23 at all. Uh, that's Jordan's number. Let me get something else. Give me 22. Give me 25. Give me anything but 23. Like, I didn't want that number, and that was the number that they gave me at the celebrity game, the celebrity basketball game I played in, and I played all of five minutes. I probably played four and a half too many. But it was so funny, DeMond. I got my jersey, and it was in a plastic bag. You know, it was all it was all sealed up and everything. So I got my, my jersey, and then I realized, I was like, ah, oh, I think this is a little too big, so I handed it back before I had a chance to take it out of the bag and try it on. So I said, can I get a, a little smaller size? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So they just handed me one. I get to the dressing room, and I take it out the damn bag, and it's 23. And I was like, oh, no. What am I going to do now? I can't have this number, but I couldn't take it back. I already took it out the bag. <laughs> then they would have been like, well, does this dude really want to play? Like, he's already the Tunner's jersey back in once, and this is the twice? Oh, so, yeah. So I just rocked it. Being but, a diva. No, no. <laughs> I, I was being self-aware. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, man. That's too much pressure to rock that. Still, the best line that came out of that celebrity game was Tyreek Hill calling me old school. That is – I will never, ever forget that. I was talking about that in the barbershop on Saturday. So funny. I had just gone to the shop, got cleaned up, got all the grays taken away, got the beard taken away. Like, I was looking good, man. So fresh and so clean, right? We're on the sideline. I'm waiting to get in the game patiently. I'm not tripping. You know, I'm sitting there hanging. I'm doing a little coaching on the side. Tyreek Hill says – Hey man, we gotta get we gotta get old school in the game. I looked around like, who are we talking to? Who are we talking about? I realized there went no way behind me. I was like, oh damn, <laughs> I'm old school. I'm old school. Like I've hit that age where I'm old school. Dang. <laughs> so yeah, that was the that was probably the highlight of the whole game is Tyreek Hill calling me old school and me realizing that yeah. Yeah, that time has come. <laughs> that time has come where I'm old school. So I just want to know your favorite jersey number. Who does it represent? And then do you think that the Raiders should do anything to have a little buffer period since they don't retire numbers? So, you know, for numbers that people, you know, feel some type of way about. 702-365-9200. Also 69187, keyword R&R. So don'tbebroke.com. Text line. Uh, DeMond, who we got up first on the – oh, he's answered the phone. Hold on. <laughs> Let me – oh, yeah, who we got up first? Go ahead. David. David, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
1: Great work you do. Great, You're a hard worker, man. I talk to my kids all the time about hard work, and you just are an example of that. So thanks for everything you do. Appreciate you. Numbers mean something to me as a Raider fan since the 70s because they won, mm. and they're winners. So 25 stands out, Fred Belenikoff. I don't care about retired numbers. I care about Ws. So if they all start winning, no one's going to care what number, who wears four, or who wears 24, although... I'm with you on the 24. I think that's, that's royalty mm-hmm. for the Raiders and it has to be worn by the right person. But if we start winning, this all goes away.
3: Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great call. I like that. And winning, you know, let those numbers represent Ws. I- I'm with you on that. Uh, got a tweet from Dobie. He said, my favorite number is 32, as in Marcus Allen and Magic, my two favorite athletes. There you go. I like it. I like it. 32. That's one. And it's so funny as everyone kind of got upset about the numbers that are being rocked. Like, no one's talking about Austin Walter, who's wearing number 32. Nobody's rocking and worried about 34, who's Brandon Bolden, rocking Bo Jackson's old number. Brandon Parker wears 75. That's Howie Long's old number, you know? Cam Sims currently rolling in, in number 81. You know what I mean? It's, but like, like David just said, so many, so many numbers represent winning, and that's what it really should be about. Great call, David. I do appreciate you. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's hustle up real quick. Talk to Hardcore Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Uh, Bo knows the best number was 34, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I love love uh, 34. And then there's only one number that should be retired, and that's number two for uh, Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> In a bad way, huh? <laughs> yeah, I
4: think, I think it's gigs, bro. Nobody should ever wear that
1: number ever again. So.
3: I like it. I like it. That'll work. Appreciate the call, my man. Appreciate the call. Uh, big Dub Raider hit us back up on the DolbyBroke.com text line and Said my favorite number is 15 Because when I first became a Raider fan I watched Jeff Hostetler lead us to the playoffs And number 15 has always been my favorite number since then Go Raiders I remember how big of a deal it was When Jeff Hostetler became the Raiders quarterback Man, I remember that That was that was big time And he was rocking that number 15 So, uh, yeah, there you go See, I like I like having some some fun memories of some numbers as well One more on the DolbyBroke.com text line How about Jordan, Utah County I grew up in the South watching the Braves My favorite jersey and number growing up was number 10 for Chipper Jones, who was the Braves third baseman for 20 years, greatest third baseman of all time, Jordan and Utah County. Man, did not Chipper Jones play forever? <laughs> I mean, you mentioned it 20 years, but it felt like he played for 40 years. Chipper Jones was always there. Those Braves teams back in the day were so much fun. And my mom is a diehard Giants fan, and that's when the Braves were in the Giants division. And, man, we used to beef all the time, obviously in a, in a fun way, but we used to beef all the time. She'd be watching her Giants, and I'd be quietly watching the Braves in my room. Then the Braves would do something, and all you'd hear is, Oh! And my mom's like, Shut up, boy! So that was some fun. Those were some fun times, man. Those Giants teams were really good, and the Braves teams were really good, and I always thought that the Braves never won enough championships. They always won, right? Bobby Cox always had them in the playoffs, winning the division, but they weren't winning the World Series. They never won enough, and the A's, when they were really good, never won enough World Series either. Let's get one more quick call in. Thank you so much for that text, Jordan. I do appreciate you. 702-365-9200. One more call. Who we got, DeMond?
2: Houston from LA.
3: Houston from LA. Tell me something good.
2: Man, I can't say nothing good with this zero <laughs> three going on, baby. What? <laughs> 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 hey, but man, you know what? I just gotta keep my head up. You know what I mean? It was a good one and like I said, man, I'm like that for a reason. You know what I mean? It's like I love my teams, but I'm I'm you know, I'm a realist. But right. going to the numbers, bro, I I started off Loving Magic Johnson, of course, okay. and he rocked that 32. And then guess who transferred it on over? My boy Marcus Allen. Because I was watching him back at USC and that dude straight went from USC to the Raiders. Dude, that was that was one of my highs ever, man, for him, you know, to transfer from my favorite college to my favorite football team, bro, from USC to the Raiders, man. I was on cloud nine. So, yeah, I, I love 32, y'all. Yo.
3: There you go. Oh,
2: you know, yeah, man, man, man. I can do about Tatum. Tatum, <laughs> too. But but I wasn't really, you know, I was a little way, you know, too young to really appreciate Tatum. So, you know, I got the news on that cat later, you know?
3: Yeah. I got you. I got you. Great call, man. Great stuff. It's good to hear from you. That number 32 is a special number, man. It really is. It feels like. I know it's not true, but it almost feels like anyone who's rearing that number 32 is going to is gonna do some great things, right? I mean, man, you talked about Marcus Allen. You talked about Tatum. Magic Johnson, obviously. Man, there is a lot of really good number 32s out there. That is one of those historic numbers as well. Thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Keep those texts coming at 69187, keyword R&R. That's the broke.com text line. Coming up next, Ryan Fowler. For the Draft Network. We'll talk all things Jacoria Bennett. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
3: Through the question out there, what's your favorite jersey number? Who does it represent? Also, since the Raiders don't retire numbers, what do you think they should do with numbers that obviously have more meaning to the fan base than other numbers? Case in point is the number four that Aiden O'Connell is now r- rocking as a rookie that has been worn by Derek Carr for the last nine years. You can chime in on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r You can also chime in if you have a question for our next guest or any of the guests that we have. But our next guest I'm very excited to bring on, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, also commanding the Huddle Podcast. And I want to talk all things Jacorian and Bennett. So, uh, Ryan, thanks so much for your time. Jacorian and Bennett's going to be rocking the number 29. At least that's what it's reported as of right now. I'll ask you, man. You've been around sports. You've been covering sports for a long time. Is there a number, a jersey number out there that is uh, that means something to you, that's extra special to you?
4: Yeah, first off, Q, appreciate you having me on. It's been a little while, man. But uh, for me, growing up, I, I always wore number one. It was always special to me. Um, and my favorite athlete of all time is Sean Taylor, so 21's also ones also importance to me. But 29 for Ja'Cornie Bennett, I feel like it's a number he can make his own. It's not really a... Super famous number, if you will, by any means, but 29, I think Jaquarian can rock it just fine.
3: Yeah, I think he'll do a good job of that. And, and, Ryan, I wanted to have you on to talk all things Jacorian Bennett. It's so funny, man, trying to get some folks to cover Maryland and, and talk about Maryland football. It's not, the, it's not the easiest task in the world, but I, I know that you at the Draft Network, you guys have it covered like a glove. And Jacorian was one of the guys that you were excited about once he got drafted and also his uh, Maryland teammate, Deontay Banks. So what can you tell us about Jacorian Bennett that kind of excites you on when his opportunity on the next level?
4: Yeah, first things first for Jaquorian, there were times in the last few years with him where he stood out to me more than Deontay did. And that's just bottom line. And the biggest thing with Jaquorian where flashes to me is he's a JUCO guy. At Hutchinson Community College in Mobile, coming out of Mobile in high school, he almost gave up football. He's a guy that stuck his nose to this grindstone and continued to improve upon both himself off the field and on the field. And I always have a special place in my heart for guys that are JUCO guys because they get it out of the mud. They really do. And they earn everything, and they work for everything. And now coming into Vegas to where this is a depth chart in secondary to where he was their main guy in the second, from a corner's perspective, I know they added Chris Smith in the fifth round, but from a corner's perspective, they need more juice on the outside. And you look at what corners best at, he may slot best at nickel, but there's not a lot of size outside of Brandon on in that Raiders depth chart in that secondary. And I would not be surprised if we go into camp OTAs and he surprises the way, say, hey, Look, may want to throw Jacory on the outside and see what he can do. Just because he played on the outside, the opposite of Deontay Banks in the Big Ten, to where really, if you're not facing a, a Northwestern or an Iowa, you're facing somebody on the outside that's got some pedigree of themselves every single week, and he was darn good at it. Over physical, aggressive, great footwork. He's got obviously ran four three at the combine, but the thing is, Q, is that not all football, not all good athletes are good football players. Mm -hmm. But when you look at DeCoyne Bennett and his ability to combine both of those things, the aggressiveness in the run game, the passive defense, he leads all FBS defenders since 2021 in passive defense. That may turn into interceptions at the next level, so that's the instinct part of it. I love his game. I really do. And he flashed a ton for me these last two years as a Maryland Terrapin.
3: You know, there was a time when the Raiders went and drafted Damon Arnett. He played across from uh, Jeffrey Akuda, right? And Akuda was obviously alpha dog number one, and Arnett was supposed to be corner number two. So when you look at this situation, Deontay Banks was corner number one and Bennett was number two. How much of the tougher competition did Bennett face in college? Absolutely,
4: right? He's not targeted. Son. They know Deontay's on one side. They're going to say, we're going to target this to Courtney Bennett kid. He's really playing Robbins, right? Someone else's Batman. We saw it a lot in this class. Darius Rush outside of Cam Smith. You saw Echo Boydow, a kid that's in Kansas City now, opposite of Julius Brent, who got a ton of the attention. A lot of these guys with these CB2s go overlook the tongue because the spotlight's on those CB1s. But I like guys that are tested. Not everything is perfect. We look back to last year's draft class and saw Gardner coming out in 22 as far as he didn't allow any touchdowns. He was really untested. Well, he had a heck of a first year with the Jets, but I like a guy that's been a little bit tested a little bit. Whether he's been tested in the shallow areas, guys that want to run nine routes and try to win over the top of him whether it's a 6'2 receiver, a guy that's 5'10", a little bit more twitchy, wants to use him in, in, inside the formations and get him inside in the nickel. He just does a lot of different things very well. And the biggest thing for me is how physical and aggressive he is. Now, sometimes that does bite him a little bit, Q. He has had all 15 penalties these last two years. He does get a little bit grabby just because he does want to jump that route a little bit too much sometimes, and that's one of his necks coming out of Maryland. But, again, CB2 at Maryland in the Big Ten – Highly successful, highly productive. And then you look at the tools and traits to project to the next level to where he will, I believe, right away compete with Nate Hobbs for snaps and a guy also that will not be afraid to cut his teeth on special teams
3: as well. I'm excited for Jacorian in Vegas. Again, we're talking all things uh, Jacorian Bennett with Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness, DeMond's got one for you.
0: Uh, I'm liking what I'm hearing so far. He's got the speed. He's got the aggressiveness. But how is he as a tackler?
4: Yeah, he's super willing as a tackler, right? A lot of teams nowadays, like, you want to force teams inside out. So you want to force linebackers to cover. You want to force corners to tackle. Well, you got a guy like De'Cornion Bennett that's not afraid to stick his face in the mud, come downhill on you, whether you're a Derrick Henry or whether you're a guy like Philadelphia's Boston Scott, a little bit smaller, or a Deuce Vaughn now in Dallas. Hmm. He's, not, he's not worried who you are. He's going to tackle you. And the thing about that, too, is he, you look at corners. A lot of these guys just like to dive at ankles and see what happens, tuck their head and see what happens. Zikorian's actually a fundamentally sound tackler as well. Doesn't pack a ton of punch behind his 185, 190-pound frame, but he's a sound tackler in space, 101 opportunities. He's fine doing that, which also kind of dates back to watching him, in mobile guys at the Senior Bowl. He was the premier guy for me in Senior Bowl drills as a gunner. So you ask him to line up as a gunner, use the 4-3 speed, get past double teams and blow up receivers flip the field for you as well he can do that too
0: and then when it comes to the defense that they ran at Maryland because here with the Raiders it's always this is a complex defense a lot going on what type of system did they run over in Maryland
4: yeah a little bit of hybrid a little bit of man a little bit of zone but that's going to translate well to what Patrick Graham is going to do even dating back to his days in New York to where there was a lot of attention and potentially coming a head coach just hybrid right man zone physical in your face and I think that's what the Raiders need to get back to. They were last in the league last year in takeaways, and you're bringing in a guy like your that obviously has a little bit of an elite trait as far as potentially getting the ball back for an offense that obviously is expected to be better this year with Jimmy Garoppolo there. Javante Adams is still there. I know there's some changes, but you've got to get guys on the defensive side of the ball to where you can win the turnover margin, which ultimately helps you win football games. So at Maryland... Some guys in the front four that were able to push the pocket a little bit, didn't ask them to cover three, four, five seconds down the field. But if they had to, Ja'Cornian's got the ability in outside. We talk about it a lot of the time. Guys want to nine out on the outside. If he's even, he's what? He's leaving. Well, with Ja'Cornian <laughs> Bennett, you got a guy at 4-3-1. You're not leaving, Ja'Cornian Bennett. And then you add in those abilities to knock the pass away and potentially tip it up in the air for a trade and marriage to come along and pick it off. So a little bit of man zone for the Maryland Terrapins over the last few years.
3: Five interceptions and 27 pass defense the last two seasons for Jacorian Bennett. What makes him so good at what I like to call ball production?
4: Yeah, it's instincts. You can't teach him. You can you can teach – some things you just can't teach. You right? can't teach big, can't teach weight, right? Some of the things you can add on, take away this and that and different profiles of bodies. But for Jacorian Bennett, it's instincts. It really is. And it's just playing the game. He's a track kid. He Obviously, we know that he can run. But as I mentioned at the top, guys, I don't know, I think they're good football players. Right. But it is – with instincts. And for him, playing in the nickel where he's going to have a lot of space to his left and to his right, or you do want to throw him on the outside. He understands how to use that boundary to his advantage, Play with his back to the sideline, and ability to high point the football, again, whether he's playing against an X receiver or guys want to throw some different looks with a running back out that's maybe 215 pounds or flex out a tight end. It's instincts. It's ability to trigger downhill out of your back pedal. All of those things are the boxes that he checks. And, again, once you get the balls in hand, Good luck catching 4-3 running down the sideline.
3: Ryan Fowler is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio. 920 Unnecessary Roughness. How surprised were you that he made it out of the top 100 and being selected by the Raiders at number 104?
4: Very surprised. I had an early round three grade on Ja'Cory and Bennett, as I mentioned. I really did like him out of, out of school, um, but I think it's a guy that's going to outplay the value of his contract as you work into the middle portions, later portions of this year. I mentioned it, you got to get pop in the secondary room. You can never have – enough guys that can cover. And right now when I look at the Raiders starters and Duke Shelley and David Long, I'm sorry, you just, you just got to get guys in the building that can compete. You got to get guys that can move the needle. There are expectations there. No one goes into a regular season saying, ah, we're preparing for next year. No, the goal is to lift the Lombardi trophy in February, wherever that may be. And you're getting a guy like your Bennett. I'm not saying he's going to be a dominant, shut down the third of the side of the field for you, but moving into next year and the years beyond – Jacorian Bennett is a guy that's a piece moving forward and hopefully a foundational add towards an improving defense.
0: And what are the, some of those things that Jacorian Bennett is going to have to get better at at the next level?
4: Yeah, he's gotten a little grabby at times at Maryland. I mentioned he gets a little aggressive with his eyes, trying to read routes and sometimes on double moves. He's susceptible to those. That, that, that was really why he was had seven penalties in 22 and six penalties back in 2021. Not the biggest guy in the world, doesn't have the longest arm, so that kind of limits him as a tweener as far as you want to put him on the outside and have a guy with 33-inch arms or high 32s to potentially crowd that contact window and play the press man that Patrick Rand may want to do. So those are a little bit of concerns that he really can't even help because that's just his frame. And then, again, just being a little bit grabby at times down the field, just, just shore that up. If the guy's on your hip, no need to grab him, no need to tug or pull and then sometimes in the run game as well, sometimes he's overly aggressive to where he's a bull in the china shop, trying to pursue from the backside, and a running back will cut it back to his area and then break it for 15, 20 yards. There's a little bit more patience in the run game from the backside as well. But, again, guys, very small little things from the game, to you know, reason why I liked him so much. Out of school.
0: And can you give us a, an overall complete game from the Maryland Turpin's entire team where it was like, hey, th- this is their best game defensively of last season?
4: Yeah, I I would even say you look at – I really like what he did against the Penn State game. I I know it was – look, Sean Clifford doesn't really move the needle for anybody drastically, but I watched a against Penn State, Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, obviously the backfield duo of Nick Singleton and Kaytron Allen and the big boys that they got up front. But I watched this Maryland defense against Penn State, especially in the last two years, right, Jahan Dotson coming out last year. I really liked what I saw from this defense last year and really with Mike Loxley as far as coming back from Alabama – Recruiting, they're going to get better and better. They had Rack at their first five star receiver. He went as the UDFA to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there's talent with Maryland on both sides of the ball, and they consistently pump out players. I mean, I know you guys remember JC Jackson, right? He was yeah. with New England for a long time, right? So there's just, they, it's a program that consistently pumps out talent. It's just really underrated because of the offensive success or lack thereof over these last 5, seven, ten years.
3: Well, Ryan, we'll get you out on this, man. As far as, like, just looking at overall talent, how much difference is a talent gap between Deontay Banks, who went in the first round, and Ja'Korian Bennett, who went in the fourth round?
4: Yeah, from a, a pure cover perspective, I think there's some separation there with just how fluid Deontay is in his lower half and his ability to consistently get out of his breaks and then just be dominant, potentially, in man and in zone, a little bit longer than he is, a little bit more rocked up than Jacorian is. But... As far as athletic intangibles, guys that are right along the same thing. As far as versatility play nickel and on the outside, same thing, right? Jacorian again, Deontay's just a little bit bigger of an athlete, but they are very similar as prospects and again the instincts pop off the page for Jacorian. Things that you simply cannot teach in this league. And we saw it specifically in this draft with Washington with going with 165 pound Emmanuel mm-hmm. Forbes and his ability to get the ball back, you cannot teach instincts. It's going to be really hard to keep your Courtney Bennett off the field.
3: I'm glad you brought up Emmanuel Forbes. He was my draft crush. I mean, that was my guy. Like, that's, that was my homeboy, man. Like, me and him, we were going to have a long-term relationship for years to come. But what is your thoughts on Forbes? What has been the, you know, the, the kind of the returns on him so far uh, in, you know, the small times that he's been in Washington's camp?
4: Yeah, a lot of it, right, was Christian Gonzalez Dol- Christian on the board. Why didn't Washington go there? Well, then you heard their Washington's brass talk about what they valued in the defender, and it was they wanted to get takeaways. They wanted a ball hawk from the outside. And really, Q, you just mentioned it. I mean, the last five to seven years, there hasn't been a guy with the instincts of Emmanuel Forbes to enter the league. He's going to be a guy I wouldn't be surprised has five, six, pick six year, and maybe takes back one or two. But he is going to slot right away on the outside, whether that's opposite of Kendall Fuller, whether that's opposite of Benjamin St. Q's remains to be seen in Washington, but he's going to have a tough road, right? C.D. Lamb, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, the Giants improved their receiving core. He's going to have a tough gist of it as far as these first few weeks, in, but look, he's an SEC guy. SEC breeds him different. We all know that. But uh, Manuel Forbes has gotten positive reviews in Washington. I'm really excited to see him ball out
3: this year. Yeah, I am as well. And I, I have him. I'll just go ahead and tell you now. I know it's only May 22nd, but I have him slotted as winning the rookie defensive, uh, defensive player of the year. I'm just throwing out Love there. I'm just that. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting. I'm hanging my hat on it right now. So if I get one thing right this year, it'll be that one right there. So that's <laughs> well, what I'm baking on, right? <laughs> so you know how that goes. Well, what do you got coming out of the draft network that we should be on the lookout for?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're wrapping up the 23 class. We're already moving forward towards 2024. We've already started summer scouting. But for those of you interested in burgundy and goal content, Commanding the Huddle, the podcast comes out once a week in the offseason, two times a week during the season, and, of course, more audio and video content as well on thedraftnetwork.com. And if you don't follow me already, it's underscore Ryan Fowler on Twitter.
3: And uh, as far as Commanding the Huddle, I mean, it looks like the, the sale of the, the commanders is about to go through. I'm sure that's a hot topic on the show.
4: It is. It definitely is. I, I've tried to queue honestly, but tried to stay away a little bit from the logistics. My background, I used to work for the team. You know, yeah. Dan Snyder used to sign my checks for me. So I will stay away, a little bit away from that. Never thought the day would come, to be honest with you, but it has come. There's been, been parades and parties around town. I'm sure there's going to be a big one once it's officially sold. But hopefully now the Burgundy Gold can focus on what's matters most, and, and that's football in the park and between the hashes.
3: No doubt. Well, you do a fantastic job on whatever you're doing, draft network, commanding the huddle, and uh, with us here on Raider Nation Radio. I definitely appreciate you, my man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. All right, there he goes. Ryan Fowler of the Draft Network, also commanding the huddle podcast, at underscore Ryan Fowler on Twitter. Uh, go ahead and check him out. does a great job. And I like the breakdown, Damon, of Jakorian Bennett. I really do. Uh, I like what he brings to the table. I think it was an important question to ask, you know, how much talent difference is there between Deontay Banks, who went in the first, and uh, Ja'Cory and Bennett, who went in the fourth. And for pretty much everyone we've talked about since the draft has happened, everyone had Jacorian Bennett going higher than number 104. Like, a lot of people were surprised that he was still around in the fourth round. So I'm looking at that as a – sounds like a really good pick for the Raiders. Obviously, he's got to go out there and compete and earn his spot, uh, and he'll start in OTAs and rookie minicamp that they already had, and then training camp preseason. But I, I do I – like, I like the sound of Jacorian Bennett. I just want to see him go out there and put it together.
0: I think he could have just been a victim of measurables. Because, as Ryan mentioned, oh, you know, not the biggest guy. And also the short arms part. I think that that maybe deterred some teams from, like, you know, you see the tape, and it's like the tape is telling you something. Right. But then it's, oh, yeah, but he he doesn't have the measurables that you're looking at to be that elite off-the-wall cornerback.
3: Well, I'll tell you, the measurables that I like, five interceptions, 27 pass defense in two seasons, I like that. That would be that'd have been A1 with the Raiders for the last two seasons, right? So I would have def- definitely taken that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So many thanks to Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. Join us there to give us a little breakdown on Ja'Cory and Bennett. 2.48 the time. We'll come back, get to your calls and texts. Want to know about your favorite jersey number? Who does it represent? Like my guy Vegas Jess who hit me up and said, 37, Lester Hayes. Get low. Get low. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. That's a great one right there. Vegas Jets, good looking out. But uh, let us know about your favorite jersey number. Who does it represent? And since the Raiders don't ret- retire numbers, what do you think they should do with certain numbers like four, who a lot of people got up in arms about over the weekend now that Aiden O'Connell is rocking that number? Let us know about it. It's Raiders Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
3: The NFL has approved Thursday night games can be flexed. So that will affect the Raiders, or potentially could affect the Raiders, coming up this upcoming season. We'll talk to Paul Gutierrez in less than 10 minutes about that and many other things surrounding the silver and black. It says Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Been asking the question about favorite jersey numbers. Who does it represent? And since the Raiders clearly don't retire numbers, uh, is there something that they should do to have a little bit of a buffer period? So some numbers that stand out to, to other people and kind of represent their favorite player that may no longer play with the team, don't feel some kind of way or does it even matter? 702-365-9200. Raider Row, you up first, what's on your mind, brother?
2: Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, man, man. I tell you what, been out here in AZ, man. I can't wait to get off of one thirty. fill up on some unnecessary roughness. Heat <laughs> it up and get full off of it, man. Oh, some real Raider talk, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. So my number man was thirty-two, man. I used to love Jim Brown the way he ran, man. He should go. He didn't run around people. He should run through people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, man, what really got sucked about something, man, when I go to school, I went to college, and all of a sudden somebody had my number, man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, give, give me number 24 uh, or whatever, man.
3: <laughs> I heard that. That's a good number to have, man. It's a good fallback number, 24. I'm not mad at that. That's a good one. My football number was 31 because I was 31 years old when I was playing. So I had no business out there. But anyway, I was out there. That was my number. Let's go out to Raider X. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what up, old school?
1: Hey, so <laughs> hey, man. I, I had to drop that. I ain't man. mad at oh. you. I ain't oh, mad at you. <laughs> <Ooh>. Old school. <laughs> Damn, love it. Hey, so you know, I agree. I agree with that earlier caller. It's all about winning. You know, there's there's great numbers in every er, every era. It's like you talked about. You know, Seawood, and then you know the Great Willie. You know, going all the way back. You know, those are eras, and it's it's about winning. Mm-hmm. But I think there's only one number. If we're talking about the Raiders, that's symbolic of the Raiders. And that's Jim Double O. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about the great Jim Otto. Yeah. I mean, if anybody thinks that there's one number or one person that truly, am, am, you know, that's a symbol of the Raiders, that could really, I mean, you can't think about all these other numbers out there. They're all great in their time, but there's one person, I believe, that symbolizes the great and the greatness of the Raiders or what it was to be a true working class, you know, blue-collar. Raider, the, you know, the Legends of the Gridiron, Yeah, know, that, that whole toughness, that's Jim Otto, Yeah, um, you know, that's just great, and I don't think that we're going to see anybody like that, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I, I hate to say the whole Brady thing, but I think since he's, um, now he's a part owner, uh, I think we can kind of talk to him in a different way, but, you know, there's only so many great ones, like you said, you know, talking about like, you know, Jordan, yep. that is a totally different level, so, that's
3: my number, bro, double O, I like Jim Otto. Hey, great stuff, man. Great stuff, Raider X. Definitely appreciate you. Let's squeeze one more call in. How about Lois Cali Raider? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, you? Chilling, man. Chilling. Hey,
4: I, I, hey, man, I just want to, I just want to ask, so
3: is there, any, is there any player that picks up the number zero? I know the last caller is talking about your model, but I haven't heard nothing about that yet. No, I haven't heard. I haven't seen number zero yet, but uh, I, I know that it's available, right? It is a number that is available this year. So I'll be interested to see if anyone picks that up. Uh, the single digit, I think the single digit by Tyree Wilson's kind of cool. It's going back to the old, uh, you know, college days. That's what the colleges are able to rock that single digit, and that always is a sign of if you're a captain or, or usually it's a sign of your teammates uh, voted you a single digit. So – uh, I guess that's what Tyree Wilson is trying to rock in the NFL. That's kind of cool with the number nine. Uh, now he's got to go out there and ball out, right? It's going to be weird seeing him, though, uh, getting up off the quarterback, just rocking the single digit. But there you go, Tyree Wilson, number nine. I haven't seen anybody number zero, but I'll keep my eye out to see if something changes. And, you know, the thing about it, and I mentioned it on my podcast earlier today, don't go rushing by your jerseys just yet because once the 53-man roster is is determined, then – is when guys might say, hey, you know what? I'd rather have that guy's number who's no longer with the team. Like maybe a David Long doesn't make the squad. He's rocking 24, and maybe Ja'Corian Bennett wants to rock 24. Hey, let me have that. So don't go out and buy your jerseys yet. Wait till that 53-man roster is established. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He joins the show next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.